0: the professional book nerds podcast presented by overdrive this is joe hi hello before we get into today's author interview just wanted to remind y'all to rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts you can follow us on social media we're on instagram twitter and tiktok all of those are at pro book nerds you can email us with questions comments or suggestions tell us what you're reading share something that we said that made you laugh whatever you like send those emails to Professional Book Nerds at overdrive.com. With all that said, let's get into my interview with Matt Query and Harrison Query. My guests today are brothers and Colorado natives who are involved with an r slash no sleep post you just might've heard of. It's Matt and Harrison Query. Matt is a litigator who focuses on legal issues related to water rights, natural resources, public lands, and fish and wildlife management. Harrison is a writer spanning multiple genres with projects sold to Lionsgate, Netflix, Amazon, and Sony, developing screenplays with Ridley Scott, Chris Columbus, Robert Zemeckis, and Andrew Dominic. Their new book, Old Country, comes out July 26th from Grand Central Publishing. Matt and Harrison, welcome.
1: Thanks for having us, Joe.
0: Thanks for being here. Uh, To get us started, can you tell us a bit about Old Country?
1: Yeah. Um, It comes out, you know, July 26th. We, um, it, it was, it's a, the storyline is based on a, on a short story that I posted to no sleep in 2020 um, about a young couple who buy a, by leave the city to buy a ranch out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it ends up being a lot more than they expected um, and haunted by a, A spirit that takes a new form and presents itself in a new way depending on what season it is and uh, it's just sort of a tale about their both the culture shock of leaving the city for a lifestyle like that plus it being a lot more exciting than it was for (laughs) my wife and I when we really did that in real life our our little farm in the middle of nowhere was not haunted at all. (laughs)
0: i was gonna say i saw you and your wife are on a ranch you've got some some fun animals around uh i was glad i'm glad to hear that it's not anything like what (laughs) what our characters go through yeah so of course the post in question is my wife and i bought a ranch uh it was five parts like you said in 2020 uh at what point did you go this needs to be a novel
1: well it kind of someone reached out to me on, on my anonymous Reddit account and um, was interested in optioning it. And it's not really my wheelhouse, but it is my brother's luckily enough. And so I reached out to him and was like, what do I do? And long story short, he quarterbacked it into, um, into a novel
0: deal and a movie deal. That's fantastic. Harrison, what was that like? Uh,
2: (laughs) it was fun. I mean, I've, um, you know, I've been lucky to have been part of that process with some other kind of IP-based novel or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, adaptation-based uh, sales like that, but obviously nothing that my brother had written. And so I went from uh, finding out my brother had written something at all to selling a novel <laughs> and movie deal within I think, a few days. So yeah. it, was, uh, it was a bit of a head spinner, but it was really fun. I mean, uh, you know, as with everything you kind of put in the hands of your representatives or whatever they they figure out the the sort of strategy in terms of bringing it to the market and uh with this one it just went crazy and uh you know the film and the book deal happened more or less right on top of each other uh which was cool too because normally obviously the book a book deal would either have happened before a film deal or at least or if not you know having the book already had come out and been successful before a movie deal happened so having it all happen at the same time was pretty wild but uh It was fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What was it like finding out that your brother had, had written this, that blew up?
2: (laughs) I mean, I wasn't surprised. I, I, I know that he was a big uh, consumer and fan of no sleep content. Mm -hmm. Really. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was, I guess part of me was surprising. Part of me wasn't, but it was, it was definitely uh cool to see just the reaction it had gotten and how popular it was and how much people loved it. And right. um, even with all of that, just having been around the block a few times in that Hollywood world, I wasn't, you know, you always hope something, people respond to something in the, in that market, but I mean, you just never know. You can have all the things in the world and people can still find a reason to say, no. but this one, uh, yeah this was a a rocket ship for sure, which was really cool and really hard to do. I mean it's testament to the to the short story that he wrote because you know right. i've I've gone out to those buyers with things written by I mean huge writers and and you know, people don't bite, so it's it's not easy to get that kind of interest for sure.
0: It is it is fascinating the way that social media has just kind of really transformed so matt you are a kind of a a purveyor of r slash no sleep it sounds like
1: (laughs) yeah i've loved that subreddit since i think 2010 or 2011 or um, when when i first got on reddit and you know it's such a cool community and i I don't know of any other subreddits where there's that many authors and that much short story writing being consolidated into one place. And so right. it just so happens that it's sort of the horror thriller genre. And um, if there were other subreddits with a, with that much short story writing, I'd love to, I'd love to know what they are, but as far as I know on Reddit, it's the most, you know, the active. most trafficked, the most active. And um, yeah. right. so I, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think there was like a, a transition at some point from Creepypasta over into Reddit. And I that's think, kind of like the, yeah. the closest I could compare it to.
1: I think I, I agree. I think there's
0: definitely
2: that was the progression, I think. Was Creepypasta yeah. its own website or was that a subreddit? I,
0: I thought it was its own website at some point, but it, I believe now, lives on as a subreddit. I think so. Yeah. yeah so i, I say don't quote right. me on that but if yeah, i remember I, being I, a teen at the you know like a teen I, in the the 2010s yes yeah. seems yeah. right <laughs> yeah yeah uh what what did it feel like to just post this basically anonymous you know short story and have it blow up
1: it was pretty cool i mean you know i've i've written some other um no sleep stories in this one is the one that got the most attention. You know, I think it's fun if even a hundred people upvote a no sleep story. Cause that's a hundred real people at least that enjoyed it. And absolutely. This one was a lot more um, popular than previous ones I'd written, which was mm-hmm. cool. But you know, as happens on Reddit, it was, it was really popular, but it was still buried and gone in a day. And so right. that's how, that's how much content there is there. And so, four or five months later, however long it was from when I posted the story to getting a DM from someone interested in buying the rights. Well, it was cool for me and it was cool, I thought, for any no sleep author to know that there are these people sort of perusing the archives, looking for content. And um, I got lucky. I mean, I'm proud of what I wrote, obviously, but, you know, I hope that that person and those people perusing the archives give the authors of no sleep more deals because there are fantastic authors there with really cool ideas.
0: Oh, absolutely. No sleep. Like you said, it's, it's just so much fun to kind of go through and uh, (laughs) because all of the stories kind of toe the line of what's real, what's reality, what's kind of fiction Yeah. what were the responses you were getting? Like, what were the comments like? How often were, you know, how often is it kind of that tongue in cheek, like, oh, yeah, this is just a story. And how often were people like, this is what you need to do to cleanse your space? <laughs> <laughs>
1: there, was, there was actually quite a bit of like, I recommend XYZ. And, you know, it sounds, sounds like, sounds like a. That's part of the no sleep
2: thing, though, right? Isn't it that the comments are meant to kind of be in character also? When yeah. You're participating in a. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's like the moderators do a really good job. They're they're rock stars there who and you know, you lose if if there's a comment like, "Hey, I love your writing. I love your style. Great ending." That actually that kind of comment would actually get removed because it's it's technically out of character and um which is fine. You know, they they have a I'm sure that the moderators get 50 comments per story like that never happened, you know? And so <laughs> they're like, they have to keep it, they have to keep it tight in there to sort of keep the vibe going. And, um, right. so a lot of the comments and I was, you know, I wanted the main character to sort of be a bullheaded headed and frustrating. And so it was nice <laughs> to see people like, what an idiot god wow. and um that was that was
2: good feedback it's not, it's not a coincidence that his name is harry with that, <laughs> right, uh, right. With, those, with those characteristics yeah but uh so is <laughs> happening
1: in this
0: story it was just a little bit
1: it was it was cool though i mean people were were into it and i wasn't sure how long i was going to make it um but people mm-hmm. were interested in more i also And there are some authors who've had like, you know, 70 part pieces on no sleep, like full multiple novel lengths. And they're really cool. But I, I've always been a fan of, of, of something a little more concise on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even mine was six parts. And I think my favorite no sleep stories that I've read are a single part, a single short story. And so mine was too long. And like most, like a lot of people, you know, you get good feedback and people want to hear more. And so you're like, well, I'll, I'll throw a little more onto it.
0: Right. You can have a little more of this. Like, yeah, pe- yeah. the people want what I'm what I'm giving. Yeah. I got to do it. So why not? So speaking of Harry, one of your main characters, Harry is a Marine. Uh were either of you in the service or how did you kind of create this characterization?
1: No, he's neither of us were in the military and we, mm-hmm. we have a lot of friends and family who were, and, um, I thought it would just, it's a cool angle to take on something like that. And um,
0: it definitely gives the right headspace. Like he yeah. knows all, you don't have to set up that your main character has to learn how to protect himself and his space. He's already got that knowledge.
1: It's sort of like an easy way to, to mm-hmm. not have him, you know, like learn how to use a rifle or learn how to, you know, and also right. it's helpful in that, the the main character is the kind of person to sort of try to fight threats head on. And in the story, in the book, that's not, that's not the suggested course of action. And so there's right. some trial and error and learning how to be a little more graceful in facing something that you can't just attack. That sure. makes it a little more challenging for the main character if they're, you know, an infantryman designed to charge straight at the enemy and something like this. You can't do that too. So,
0: right. Yeah. Now yeah. um you did mention this was posted, you know, about two years ago, 2020, how long did did it take you to develop this from those original posts into uh, the book?
2: Oh. I, I mean, I think once the, the book deal happened and the actual, you know, outlining and writing was underway I would say it was probably about 15 16 months yeah yeah oh, wow through the
0: copy editing and through
2: all the different steps yeah yeah,
0: yeah so are you, is it fair to say that it's a, a pretty I mean of course it's expanded upon but a pretty clean translation from yeah from the the reddit posts over into the book format
2: yeah
1: large concepts there's some different there's some big major differences the endings different and um You know, there's when you're given 400 pages as opposed to a a Reddit post length, really accordion a, a story out, and there's also on Reddit you can take some some liberties for realism that are are you have to explain quite a bit more of in a book. And so sure. change a few things and develop a few things a bit more. And
2: the yeah. cool thing is though, I think that <clears throat> anyone who responded to the tone and the general uh, mm. conceit of the, the, the Reddit story is gonna just have more of what they liked the first time around. It's very much yeah. the same DNA and uh, a scarier, more satisfying version of the, the, the story they already
0: read. No, I I love hearing that because there there is something about it that as it exists online, you know, it it hits all the right parts. You're like, yeah, Yeah. this is great. Love it. Good story to just kind of share and be a part of. But thinking of it and imagining it as kind of a book, knowing that all of those those tiny details get to be expanded upon, that you get to build your characters out a little more. You have have, uh, different opportunities. Um, What was it like kind of? crafting characters you had you had kind of a baseline of what you were looking at originally how did you go about either expanding them or or kind of changing around from you know kind of from my wife and I to to old country
2: one thing sorry you go ahead I was gonna say one thing I noticed that was cool I think just Matt having gone through the process of writing it not just for the no sleep community but like we were talking about with those comments kind of in that sort of active, living, breathing exchange that happens on that forum, it I think he had, by the time we started writing the novel, had so inhabited these characters, and not just from a 10,000-foot writerly way, but almost like he's interacting with people as them. And it, it allowed a level of sort of maintaining this. Well, I, I think one of the things that's successful and successful with the original short and thankfully continues in the novel is just this very very natural voice from the characters it doesn't feel like you're there you know you're hearing the thoughts of the omnipotent authorly right uh, sort of you know god it's it's it, it feels very diaristic and natural um and i think that was something we had we had to, to a certain extent not fight for but ma- maintain to mm-hmm. make sure Didn't get novelized in a way that lost a bit of that casual magic that happens no sleep Um, so that was something I think that in terms of your question I think that's most noticeable with the characters that voice is really just
0: carrying that through
2: Yeah, and then the novel side you know you don't
1: have to front load stories so (laughs) much you know like no sleep if I want any details about a character I don't remember the character limit of a reddit post but it's not that much and so you don't have to you know, throw backstory in readers' faces as aggressively in a novel.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, do either of you have characters you find you relate to, or since it is such a, almost a different, like you were saying, Harrison, like a different approach to writing where you're having more of a conversation, you're almost putting on a persona to create? Did you find there was a character you either slipped into really easily or one that you found like borrows traits from you for either of you. I
1: think a little bit of all of them, you know, I I did in real life have two neighbors named Dan and Lucy who sort of took us under their wing and showed us like two, you know, clueless city kids how to manage a pretty wild piece of property. And they were sweet and lovely. And again, there was nothing terrifying and dangerous about our property. Other than the occasional mountain lion, but the, the you know, trying to get, get that sort of essence of how important it is to have good neighbors in a place like that. And mm-hmm. I liked I liked building Dan and Lucy's characters out quite a bit.
2: My my uh, slightly removed position from the original short might lend some objective clarity, but the exception of the fact that he's a marine, and thankfully my brother is a gentler, kinder person uh, than Harry in the book. With <laughs> barring those few exceptions, I, I read that character as him basically. Like that yeah. character to me is very much his voice, and in a lot of. Ways thought processes again a rougher beater uh <laughs> not quite as evolved version of him but, uh there's parts Thank of you. it yes there's parts of it where i'm like oh it's <laughs> with the exception of having my name it's basically just yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> oh nice. yeah that's dog.
0: just my brother yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> the dog the dog is a lot like my dog i tried of yeah. course
2: the dog the is a dead ringer dog, that's uh, a, that's a, a direct adaptation yeah, yeah
0: i mean as as any dog parent would do,
2: yeah,
0: Sasha and Harry have a really healthy relationship. They fight and they work it out. They have complicated relationships with their parents and trauma from their pasts, but they have just this absolute faith and love in each other. Can you talk about building them as a couple and the importance of them as a unit throughout the novel?
1: I like to think of it as one of the you know <laughs> the maybe the the primary theme of the novel and the story is building a home and building a relationship. You know, yeah. I think we could sort of in our own way, make the entire story sort of a, an allusion towards the challenges of a relationship. And, sure, um, you know, yeah. In the book, in the book, we, we build on that a little bit more than we were able to in the story, which was kind of like flashy chaos. Um, right. But yeah, it, i guess the the concept of striking out as a team um Mm -hmm. and being confronted with all these challenges and some of the the severity of the challenges are really tethered to the strength of the relationship and um absolutely you know hopefully that comes through in the book as well as we think it does
0: oh without a without a doubt because um it would be super easy to fall into the trope that like this specific genre allows for of one of them wanted to move to the country and the okay. other resents them for it. And this immediately falls into the, like, even if one of us wanted this more than the other, we made this choice together. So mm-hmm. I, I think it clear, it like it clearly reads as like, they are a unit. And that's, I mean, that's how they're able to just kind of like, I mean, even thinking of, if my partner was like okay here's here's a op- new place out in the in the middle of nowhere and then all of a sudden this this old woman is telling me okay honey <laughs> write this down here's yeah. what you have to do I'd be like I know I said this was okay but we gotta go <laughs>
2: we're out, here. We're, we're out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I feel like the the you know obviously the story has the uh more surface level devices of the haunting of the spirit and all the fun set pieces, mm-hmm. scares that make it a really engaging, fun, horror. But I think that thematic underpinning of really being about a relationship and all of that, basically just representing the challenges that they that any relationship would face up till right. up to the probably most on the nose uh, metaphor in the end, where they're literally fighting his demons together. And, <laughs> uh, you know, that, yeah. that's that's sort of the idea.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, speaking of the spirit mm-hmm. uh, I remember from the original reddit inspired by Native American folklore um ha- has this translated at all in the novelization uh what kind of like were your influences what drew you to it
1: you know I I I wanted and I hope I'd like to think I de- we developed this better in both the the book and the screenplay um. Mm-hmm. But I wanted this, the idea of the spirit to have been older than any people who had ever lived in that land. And so, you know, I I don't think I have the license to to write on a Native, sort of a piece of Native lore directly. And so I was more interested in creating this idea of a spirit that is as old as the land. And every group of people who've come through that area from the earliest tribal communities until the people leaving Denver in 2020 have had to deal with in their own way. And so kind of puts all of, you know, humanity on the same scale in dealing with something so ancient and old. It's
2: like a force of nature rather than belonging to a culture. It's more like any culture around has has dealt with it, which felt both like a less, uh, a more interesting and less, uh, (laughs) I don't know, almost less cliche than the right. Native American, you know, like that. right
0: on a burial ground, yeah, I, yes. that kind of yeah. thing, like
2: yeah. that.
1: That's, just, uh, you know, it's been it's been overdone forever. <laughs> it's been overdone
0: absolutely.
2: It, yeah, yeah. It, it just yeah.
0: It, it just, yeah. It, no, that totally makes sense. I ask that because, like, I am almost done with the book i'll be honest okay because cool, <laughs> cool. mm, a little mild week <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but i'm almost done with the book but i did reread through the whole subreddit to you know because you know, less characters to get through uh, to yeah, refresh myself yeah. and i was yeah. thinking of like well in the book it no it's no longer as clearly like oh this is x when yep. you know our, our friendly neighbor is saying oh i th- i think it's this so i i appreciated that translation i just didn't know if like as i was reading through if i missed it so i i really like that clarity of like this is something as old as the land or older than the land and right they all have different names for it you know if we were to walk up we'd call it a a a ghost a spirit or whatever words we have a different culture would have something else for it okay no i i I really like that I like
2: almost the idea that it was like almost this idea of like if nature itself was the best the antagonistic force it's not a ghost it's not a spirit it's yeah. like nature's angry at the people on its land right. whoever they are like from the right.
1: pleistocene you know pre-clovic people through more mm-hmm. contemporary tribes in the yeah. in the last millennium through people today yeah. like it's
0: yeah, it's the land itself.
1: Yeah. yeah. Anyone who comes there has to deal with it in its own in their own way. Yeah. And
0: Yeah, I'm envisioning the the storyboard now as they're like shuffling, you know, if it were a research scene as they're shuffling through all of the different books on the table and the articles online. Every, right. there's different right. stories for yeah. everything. There's yeah. no one source where they like Finally, we have a name for it because right, there's right. there's a thousand it, names. It yeah.
2: felt like a. It felt also like a timely, sort of fitting idea to explore. Just obviously, we exist in such stark conflict to nature right now. To sort of couch that in a horror context felt really mm-hmm. fun, as opposed to other ways we've seen the sort of man versus nature thing. It's like, well, what if nature was a terrifying <laughs> spirit that wanted to <laughs> kill right. us, yeah. in itself of which maybe
0: it does. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Right. right. You never know what'll be in the news tomorrow. So, (laughs) yeah. So of course there's a bit of a mantra in the book that defines the pacing, follow the rules. Can you talk a bit about the idea of setting those rules that have to be done just so, or like what uh, facilitated this, this kind of plot device?
1: You know, there, that's a good question. There there was, has been sort of a trend in the horror realm and on No mm-hmm. Sleep of sort of having a, a spooky idea of like, don't break the rule, man. Like, we're yeah. not going to tell you what happens if you do, but it's right. just don't break the there's rule. There's something
2: kind of spooky almost about that arbitrary weirdness of it. I'm like, do this random thing, and if you right. don't, watch out. Yeah. It's like, wait, well, yeah. now we got to see what happens if we don't. And
1: right. that's one thing we were able to flesh out more in the novel, too, is... Back to the bullheadedness of the main character, sort of like mm. you know what, screw this rule. I'm going to push it a little bit, and dealing with the consequences of that. And yeah, you know, it's it it was an it was a nice device to use with the idea of a seasonal a seasonally manifested spirit, so that right. there can be specific ways, and also it helps it helps set up the idea that there's been people who've lived in this valley for a long time who haven't left. Because at the end of the day, if you follow the steps, you can survive, you know? And so if there weren't, if there wasn't a way to do that, I think it'd be difficult to explain why in the hell there'd be anyone still there. (laughs) Right. Why,
0: why Um, is there a person who can tell him the rules? Yeah. Yeah. no, No, that's super fascinating that like, in theory, you can take this horrifying experience and make it just mundane part of your life you can yeah. remember the, oh it's the fall it's time to yeah. you know burn the scarecrow people like, far enough away yep like like it's time to
1: start cutting wood for the winter
0: and right it's, it's just another thing on the the yeah. to-do list yeah um yeah. it also really lends to the credence of like it is just the earth because it yeah. is seasonal so yeah. what inspired you to have these kind of just different times of the year, different situations.
1: I, I, I I spend most of my free time outside and off trail and backpacking and mountaineering and exploring. And I've always really enjoyed the nuances of the seasons and Mm -hmm. all the little pieces of nature that change. And I think that's ultimately where the idea came from is just like, you know, nature does a completely different dance at different times of the year. And so, and, you know, and just simply, I hadn't heard of that being done yet. You know, absolutely. There's, there's not a ton of unexplored territory in like the, the haunted story genre and sort of, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is a story out
0: there about. No, I think the, the horror scape has, uh, has a lot of solid components. People are doing what's been working and I can't think of uh of really any examples that come to mind where the seasons, seasons are yeah. manifesting something new, but also that the old drops off or that you're not right. seeing like, Oh, well now that it's, you've made it through the year, the end of the year is going to be the worst. Cause you'll see everything all at once. Yeah. Right. It's
2: also right. felt seemed like a really fun device and that it's such a slow burn. It's not like yeah. box strikes midnight. It's like, Hey, months, we got months here and you're just that anticipate right. builds in such an unbearable as the you know days on the calendar tick by it at yeah, one point feels right. less urgent but somehow almost more agonizing because there's so much time to think about what's coming and they're yeah, sitting the with people talking about it it's like you know they're just mm-hmm. stuck on the tracks waiting for this train to hit them and they can't do anything about it yeah like, like it, waiting for a season is yeah you know? exactly
0: right slow is an excellent way to put it because right it, it sets the pacing in the, in the fact that like, yeah, I'm going to make something happen, but you don't really know when other than the season's going to change and Uh something new is coming. And it, it also makes you go like, okay, how much can I trust this person that's laying out the rules as they're saying like, yeah, nothing's happening right now, but you have to like choose to believe and also choose to like hold how much skepticism.
1: Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a fun, it's a fun way to write up the story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. of course, there were things you expanded upon. Um, did you find anything that you kind of like cut or changed entirely?
1: The ending is quite a bit different. Yeah. Um, you know, in the, in I guess we're allowed to, I don't want to throw out any spoilers here. but Of course it, not. There was, the ending of the No Sleep story, um, the way that he dealt with that final season, um, mm-hmm. it didn't really give any closure to like, the, you know like okay so you figured right. out this one season what
2: about the spring you know fall and summer um the ending was definitely pretty substantially redesigned and it yeah. you know, and, it, and it also to what we were talking about before mm-hmm. it it much more successfully connects thematically to that whole relationship undercurrent and it feels yeah. it, it's a lot cleaner and i think more satisfying um and that, you know
1: the ending of the no sleep story it created almost like metaphysical questions that you didn't have to address in a no sleep story but right. you do in a novel and it's like you know wait a second so yeah. does this spirit really have the ability to reach into whatever the afterlife is and get real people's spirits right. like is this god you know right. and so we, we didn't want to really have to answer those questions and <laughs> we, sure. t- we,
2: st- <laughs> we stress we tested it on a level that you might not have to on reddit but here it was like okay yeah you might not gonna get this yeah yeah, (laughs) you're not gonna be able to shoot as many holes in it and yeah the ending was probably the biggest total redesign other than that i feel like it was a pretty faithful expansion of everything Yeah,
1: there's Um, not such an upfront disclosure of what's going on we sort of dragged that out a bit longer for the sake of
2: the reader you know and yeah um, it was definitely an interesting weird exercise because we were doing the screenplay simultaneously for a movie studio oh. and as is the case with most film adaptations there were much more dramatic reinventions there some of which just were in direct opposition to what we were writing in the novel right. so that was an interesting tug of war and one that at times was frustrating but at times actually really helped because you yeah. get <laughs> such radical changes proposed in a film adaptation because people just don't give a shit what the- right <laughs> and sometimes there's good ideas in that actually or Absolutely. at least it leads to something that says okay we're not gonna you know do what you just came up with but there's <laughs> but something
1: that gave there. me the next.
0: yeah <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Wow. it was it
0: was pretty far out doing both at the same time yeah 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 now matt do you find yourself still writing on no sleep
1: I haven't yet since we've since I posted this story, but I have sure. a few stories half half loaded and ready to to post and you know we're working on other book and movie ideas right now so we've got yeah. some cool exciting things going. but I haven't posted since I posted
0: this story and okay. um, but I will I plan to. That's hey, that's awesome.. Yeah. And do you see yourself wanting to write more in kind of like the novel format?
1: Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I really, I got, I got it down and I really enjoyed working with grand central hatchet mm-hmm. and the publishing editing team is so cool. And um, they, they really really <laughs> give you a lot of instruction, but freedom and, you know, helpful guidance along the way. And um, yeah. yeah, I, I really loved it and would love to keep doing it.
0: Well, that's exciting. Do you think yeah. we'll return to kind of this space at all? Um, you know, kind of this, this world or these characters? it's as I much would, as you can say of course yeah
1: that's very possible and we've talked a lot about it the, we're working on a pretty cool project right now that is a separate standalone um story but still that's exciting the, the western u.s
0: um, mm-hmm. horror genre yeah. I guess yeah there, absolutely there, there's such a thing um they, i think there is because horror yeah. on on your side of the u.s is a little different than over here on the east coast <laughs> Yeah, yeah nature nature plays a bigger part in it you have yeah, you know wide right. expanses of land you've got you Big know opening. people who yeah right yeah
1: yeah different different setting for sure but yeah it's that, on the books
0: that well that's exciting I'll be I'll be looking forward to it because yeah. <laughs> this one alone <laughs> and now as the uh as the youngest sibling in my family what was it like working as brothers <laughs> it was
2: awesome it was great i mean <laughs> it, was, it actually was good, great and i think it was a it was a nice uh, kind of exchange in, in the sense that obviously he wrote the original short story mm-hmm. and and it's his story in, in in that sense and simultaneously i've been you know writing professionally for right while and it was a it was a nice sort of uh, give and take in that sense in terms of feeling like we both had a lot to to bring to it and yeah Harry held my
1: hand through a lot of the process of <laughs> on a lot of different in a lot of ways <laughs>
2: it, it it worked That's out awesome. really well and it, yeah. it was also nice too that that weird simultaneous action of writing the screenplay of the movie at the same time uh, yeah. allowed us to you know both kind of take the wheel in different medium and and yeah, uh, yeah it, it was great. It was fun. I mean, we're not speaking anymore, other than this. <laughs> but, yeah,
0: <that's> <laughs> Together today, and for today yeah, yeah. only. <laughs>
2: yeah. There's a security guard standing behind the computer right now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, <The>, uh, <laughs> what, what the listeners can't hear is the thin sheet of plexiglass protecting yes. one from the other. Yes.
1: No. It was. It was great. <laughs> it was awesome. We've yeah. always gotten along super well in this. Yeah. This was just a fun. It was a fun. Several years of of seeing seeing here the professional writing world and and yeah. jumping into it.
0: Now, do you imagine uh, co-writing something from the start together? We're doing it now. Yep. All right. Yeah. I mean, just trying yeah. to steal as much as I can out of you. Yeah.
2: yeah no, we're, we've got, uh, you know, film and book right. projects in the works and, uh, you cool. know. Yeah. We're, we're trying to make it so he doesn't have to go back to a day job anytime that's right
0: you know that's the real dream that's that's what i love to see people who can write and create content the way that the two of you do uh shouldn't shouldn't have to do anything other than that they should I just mean, keep well, that
2: was that's one of my favorite things about this story just having been in hollywood for mm-hmm. about a decade it's such an undemocratic unfair system yeah. and uh, there's a bit of that that exists in the publishing world too and i just i know Absolutely. so many writers who have more talent than i'll ever have who can't get a cup of coffee with a editor or a publisher or an agent and it's there's so much luck involved in that, that the reddit no sleep thing like matt was saying before the fact that there is this reality now where there are people just out there looking for content and talent in a way where it's like hey if you've got the goods and you write something that people respond to you don't necessarily need to have a family member of the business or an agent or a friend or whatever, it might just get picked up. And I feel like this is a kind of hopeful example of the internet and everything else, hopefully leading towards a more, uh, absolutely fair way of all of this working.
0: Yeah. I really hope so because, um, you know, of course, this story jumps out to me and the only other one that i can think of that jumps out in the same way kind of the same vein is dear david are you familiar yeah 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 Yeah. it was a a twitter thread adam ellis you know popular illustrator um and you know kind of in both senses both projects snapped up but still given you know kind of a long development cycle it, it almost feels like yeah um yeah I'm I'm glad to see that that kind of like equity coming through but also at the same time what has it been like with development on the if we'll kind of pivot over to the screenplay side it f- yeah. it feels like sold what sold in 2020 to Netflix, sold is that Netflix.
2: yeah uh, it's been interesting i mean you know as is the case with the life cycle of any project in hollywood yeah. it's always a crazy you know there's so many factors in that ecosystem that can affect yeah. what's happening on the ground from what's going on with a studio and it's sort of bigger, uh, economic reality and various talent coming and going and COVID and directors and actors. I mean, it's just, you know, (laughs) it's, there's a lot going on, but what's nice on the writing side, as opposed to even just a director or certainly producers, it's like, you write your script, you do the best script you can. And then it's kind of, uh, off into the hands of the people who have to do the rest of it. So Uh, but no, I mean, it's, it's really exciting. There's a lot of excitement about this while the book's about to come out, which is only going to, uh, you know, heat things up. Really
0: amplify. Yeah.
2: And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been great. And, uh, you know, Netflix is awesome and we've, I've done a bunch of projects with them and they're Mm -hmm. really great to develop with. And, uh, you know, you can't ask for a lot more. It can be a lot more frustrating in Hollywood. This was about as, uh, pleasant as it gets. So, yeah. I love to hear it. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's my first experience seeing any of that world. Yeah, and you know, it it we got to write the screenplay, and the producers were had some really fun, cool ideas for it, and you know, Harrison was sort of leading the leading the charge there because it's such a weird mm. medium writing screenplays. It's yeah. So you know, without h- having him, I. You know, I downloaded what is it, Final, Final Draft, Draft Pro, yeah. for the first time. And was, <laughs> this is weird, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, it was really fun to see, and
2: um, yeah, had a good time. It was a weird one to do because there's so much internal dialogue in the book in terms of what you're thinking, and obviously with scripts, you know, unless you're writing uh, with narration, right, you can only really share what's said spoken verbally, and that required. That dance of like, okay, we need to somehow communicate this, but we can't have these strange characters that are just saying exactly what they're thinking all
0: the time, uh, <laughs> right? And yeah. you don't necessarily want to take the uh, the we'll just have him uh, narrate these pieces as, yeah. as well oh, approach, yeah, exactly, yeah.
2: or the or the push in on the diary as they start writing and like, <laughs> right, uh, right.
0: Ah, if he's writing yeah. in the diary, we can read it out okay. loud, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, you both developed the screenplay uh is that kind of where the process lies you you're basically kind of like handing it over do you know uh, or like what is your involvement what's your dream involvement either uh, yeah. even as it starts to come so together
2: yeah, uh script's been written and it's mm-hmm. in that uh exciting uh and fraught stage of uh you know <laughs> <laughs> Looking at what that next step might be and uh you know definitely a lot of exciting possibilities and it, you know unlike a book unlike the book which is written and coming out and it's kind of a, a done mm-hmm. deal at this point there's a a lot of a lot of potential uh Time and unknowns. happening in the Hollywood world that are uh yeah. less easy to openly get into but it's in a very you know exciting spot and uh certainly only going to be more so when the book comes out and hopefully is hopefully is well received.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll be looking forward to it. I'll be uh, anxiously awaiting that Netflix date. Uh, yes, exactly. I I did learn uh, when I interviewed a quick am easy, they, um, and they had said that like, by I thought publishing was slow. This is next level. So um,
2: publishing is, I, mean, I, I mean, in so many ways, publishing is uh, interesting experience for me. I mean, it's, it's so different. I mean, in, in so many ways that I won't even uh, bore you with, but, certainly the uh the speed in hollywood can be both head spinningly fast where it's like wait you just put something out into the market and two days later you make this deal and then at the same time just you're crawling with certain things you're like how is this how does it take a month for this one thing to happen can we just get on the phone and
0: just decide really quick yeah but right hollywood sure. now i of course if you can't say it i'll cut it uh who who would you cast
2: um, there's definitely been a lot of conversations about this uh, sure and there's some really exciting interest from some actual names that I won't mention but um, but
0: but like in your own world dancing around what you're allowed to say and if you're not once again if you're not if yeah. neither of you are allowed to say it all we'll, we'll happily strike but <laughs> you know there's like the there's like
2: you can kind of swing I don't know I'm I'm programmed now to think in those kind of like almost kind of gross Hollywood terms where it's like alright what's the biggest. Sure, current name that we could get that would be the most commercially valuable so you know
0: could we get a bradley cooper in this like
2: the ryan reynolds get ryan reynolds Mm -hmm. like lively to do it as a married couple or or whatever you know those absolutely um if it was purely like creatively yeah i mean like if it was my dream cast i don't know uh for Harry, I mean, this slightly ages him up. That's it's kind of the cool thing about this project is the age really could be, could be anything. Yeah, well, on the older side, if you were to age him up, I love the idea of like a John Berthal or Michael Shannon. Either of them would be amazing. If you were going to go more faithful to the book, um, I don't know who did we talk about? We talked about uh, somebody brought up John David Washington, which would be cool. Uh, Absolutely. Um, um, who else have we talked I, about? A million names. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in the book, do you yeah, see anyone um, Matt?
1: I, yeah, were you right? I I like the idea of John Bernthal but again and yeah. for the novel I intentionally with the exception of gendering the characters I left mm-hmm. the main characters as undescribed as possible right, sure. so as to sort of let the reader come up with yeah so I I have all kinds of you know John Burnthall I've just enjoyed over the last few years but yeah. It could be. It could be so many people. No, I have. I'm all over the board. You know, and <laughs> I think there could be some cool, sort of crusty old mountain, mm-hmm. you know, performances of Dan and Lucy's Dan
2: Lucy, characters, sure. and uh, yeah. So. I will say, just because I've become a devoted, almost obsessive fan over the last couple of years, to revise my answer, if I got my dream, ca- <laughs> if I got my dream casting and director, it might be Bill Hader, actually
0: oh okay Yeah, that's
2: fantastic that would be (laughs) that'd be really cool that would be the dream for sure
0: that would be really cool yep uh no i can see it now you always expect him to say something funny (laughs) and when he never does that somehow makes it even stronger i don't know if you watch
2: barry i won't pivot too hard off subject here but i think he's a genius i mean i think he's
1: the the casting could be anywhere you know it's I'm cool with um if I'm cool
2: with if the cameras are rolling, yeah. We're
0: yeah. glad that it's in production. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I sometimes authors just have an exact like I see this person. Yeah. I, I like those kind of just like, no, pop in whoever you see. Yeah. Um now, since both of you write in different ways entirely, what is your writing setup like? Music, snacks on hand, what are you drinking? Uh- uh, yeah, anything <laughs> like that. Matt,
2: I mean, I'll, I'll take a swing. Yeah. Matt, Matt probably looks like a professional writer at a desk, coffee at a decent hour at eleven in the morning, and with schedule in front of him, For me, I'm sitting up in bed at three in the morning. There's probably a, you know, bag of popcorn next to me, and I'm, you know, yeah, writing till dawn when I fall asleep. That's Harry writes when it comes to him. Yeah. Yep. Um,
1: I like you know from, of course, litigation is doing like a trial. Ah a tribal brief is, you know, or a natural resources briefing is considerably more boring than writing, you know, fiction. Just a little different. Sure. Very very different. But I think because, because I've done that and, you know, with the exception of the occasional courtroom appearance, Mm -hmm. litigation is just writing. And so it's been ingrained in me to make it a sort of nine to five process where, you know, I'm, I'm at a desk and it's not as easy when, you're doing something creative because right you can't force you can't force a good idea but right I definitely like to set up days where yeah you know I, I'm a little
0: some structure I envy that I uh, <laughs> e- even though for me it's just the, the coming up with research for the podcast go, coming together with questions and yeah. and putting the time together yes, it's part of my nine to five and I I try to fit it in there, but there are days I'm like, yeah, I have this two hour block open. That's when it's done. And then uh, five minutes before, you know, like a huge meeting, I'll just be like, all of these questions are finally
1: here. Sometimes I think that's healthy. Uh, like I, like, uh, I don't think that's I'm a bit of a procrastinator, but I definitely enjoy having a hard deadline and I feel like the quality of my ideas and writing gets better as the deadline (laughs) approaches. Yeah. Sometimes
2: not having a lot, not having the leeway to just reflect and revise and think too much when it's like, all right, I got to just let it rip is sometimes better Mm -hmm. in terms of the actual output. A little
0: more raw, a little more authentic to your own voice compared to uh, like trying to manufacture. Right. Yeah. Following an outline
1: is, yeah something i abandoned kind of at the beginning of this process it doesn't work that
0: way
2: yeah i like to, i head. always i like to have a very specific outline for anything i'm writing that i then completely ignore and never open again yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: completely just forget yeah. it exists yeah, yeah. rolled up in a drawer somewhere yep.
2: yeah. you gotta do it you
0: know yeah you gotta so uh just to, to start to wrap us up some yeah. questions from a nosy podcaster uh, what do you both like to do in your free time
2: that's got way more hobbies than i do so
1: i'll let him answer i like i like fly fishing a lot and just being outside you know on whenever i have a free few hours i like to get my dog and go off as far off a trail as i can and you know i like using hiking trails obviously but sure there's a lot of there's people and there's man-made things to distract you and uh so yeah, being outside in the in the mountains, in the Just woods. Just getting away from the desert is is my favorite thing to do.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It's not mine. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. I appreciate it. I yeah. love being yeah. some nature. Yeah. I also have a, like a beautiful you you've got a great backdrop, you know. I I love to set myself up in a nice room that looks yeah. out onto nature. Baby uh... through a window through an air conditioned
2: window. It's like look at exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Even a TV will do. It doesn't even need to be a real window. Just you know, I, I just it's nice to look at from a distance. Yeah. um yeah i mean i like you know obviously a huge film and uh yeah. uh literature fan um we both have uh grew up doing a lot of uh well matt was a lacrosse player for a while we did boxing for a, a, a while oh, wow. um yeah i mean i my my uh my interests are a little less exciting. I like to go out to a good restaurant, and watch some good movie and
1: going out to good restaurants. Yeah. yeah. It's when they can afford I Re- can good afford voice. to do it
0: yeah. or, or not afford to do it. Yeah. It's uh, still something I like to do. Yeah. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Find me a good restaurant any day. Yes. <laughs> exactly. uh, are are either of you reading anything right now? What's on the what's on the reading <laughs> list?
1: I I I'm a wildland firefighter and I just went on a wildland fire deployment to Texas and Oh, My wow. captain brought some Louis L'Amour Western novels, like <laughs> a classic. Yeah. 160 page, like dime novels. And yep. I'd never read one and I'd never, I guess I'd heard of him before because he's a lot of people everywhere. Say, yeah. yeah. And all the books were written in the 70s, 80s. And um, mm-hmm. I, I tore through two of them in like a day. And we both are up in Michigan at a family place. And I brought like, Six of these Louis L'Amour novels, and everywhere I go, someone, someone's like, "Is that Louis L'Amour?" Like, love,
2: love those books. And I didn't,
1: I didn't even know he existed until a couple months ago. And they're just, there's something, there's an art to the page turner for me that mm-hmm. I, I, and of course I love, you know, deep literature, but something that I can tear through. It's just something about
0: a grocery store pickup,
1: like totally. totally. Yeah. That's it's a there it's 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 its own art to me for sure.
2: I just started my aunt gave me, she had just read a couple of weeks ago, uh, The Anomaly by um a French author, uh the big bestseller. I hadn't heard of it, but I guess it's like a very popular book. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's H E V R E. And apparently she said it was just absolutely incredible. And it's some kind of, you know, it seems like it's a thriller kind of
0: mystery. Huh. But uh, yeah, yeah, immediately, immediately Googling.
2: Yeah, it's apparently like fantastic. I'm sure you're seeing a lot about it. I, it was very popular, but I hadn't heard.
0: Of, um, I, ha- I haven't either. And I'm, yeah. I'm out here in the sure, book world. Sure. So yeah, add that to my list. Yeah, so we'll see if that lives up to it. I'll be upset with her if, if it
2: doesn't. <laughs>
0: that I get. <laughs> yeah. um, now on the, on the other end, are you binge watching anything right now? Well, I just
2: binged. My second go through of all three seasons of Barry, hence my obsessive Bill Hader fanhood. Uh, and I'm rewatching Boardwalk Empire, which actually oh, I'm watching it for the first time, really, uh, which has me also kind of in love with Michael Shannon at the moment. So, yeah, I we, yeah. we watched.
1: My wife had never seen The Sopranos or The Wire, and so oh, okay, COVID, COVID, we embarked on those journeys. Rewatched for me, but they were fantastic. And then. We just had a baby 11 and a half weeks ago.
0: Oh, congratulations.
1: Anyway, thank you. We, we can't, we can't, it takes us like three days to get through a single episode <laughs> that we're, of something we're trying to pay attention to. And so- yep we just rewatched like the office and house MD and just mindless stuff that, right. That you don't really need
0: to pay too much attention to not to discredit those shows. No, but, but some of the best options to have when you need yeah. to like, just People, chill okay. out. And like, if this is our quality time, yeah. where we're also both kind of resting and relaxing, yeah. that's what we all need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. So when you're headed to the cafe, what's the go-to drink order?
2: Lately, my writing partner on a couple projects, uh, who's also a novelist, Tommy Wallach, who's written a bunch of like YA bestsellers, awesome. He got me drinking cortados, which I always feel obnoxious ordering, but they're perfect.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm I'm
1: just a very classic single shot latte guy. I a
0: uh, frothy milk and, and espresso is all I need. Honestly, two excellent orders. Either way, if you walk in and walk out with it you're going to be happy. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Favorite kind of restaurant to go to.
2: Ooh. Oh man. I, <laughs> our family is in the restaurant business. Our parents are both chefs. And uh, Oh, so you,
0: every night, every night was pretty good.
2: Food is a big deal in this family. So you just asked maybe the hardest question. <laughs> yeah. it's like, what's your favorite <laughs> yeah. song? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really like,
1: I really like seafood a lot. And, you know, um, so like a, a really good meal or or just culinary experience for me is somewhere on the west coast going mm-hmm. in and ordering a dozen oysters and a glass of white wine or a cocktail. Um okay or you know going to a place with a really good burger. Yeah. 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 Just real simple. Just toast the bun and I'm gonna enjoy it.
2: I love I love almost every kind of food, but nothing i guess from an air on an aromatic level mm-hmm. walking into a good italian restaurant can't really be yeah meat. i mean yeah. that's about yep.
0: it for me yeah hey t- can't <laughs> go wrong i either way really can't go wrong uh yeah. i love the idea of a good burger or right just the the fresh smells of you know basil oregano all of that coming through the totally. air yeah 100 yeah any projects you're working on right now that you can talk about
2: Um, We're working on another new novel Slash film uh, Which is in the sort of horror thriller Genre um, Which is really exciting Uh, I'm working on A a handful of uh, Different film projects Um, It's an action movie thing At Amazon and I'm doing a True crime six part Miniseries for Paramount right now uh, With my other writing partner Tommy Wallach uh, which is exciting I'll, yeah it, it's probably as much as i can say about it but it's fair it's something really, i've been trying to do for like 10 years and we finally made it happen and it's pretty exciting yeah you I
0: know mean, all, all the right words true crime yes. <laughs> miniseries yes. I'm, I'm in yep. <laughs> yeah
1: i defer to harry for those i'm not sure what i'm allowed to talk about yeah
0: <laughs> and then anywhere online the listeners can find you if they want to keep in touch or keep up with anything
2: i have an instagram which is just my name harrison Query that's about it and i'm not like you know i'm not sure it's worth following me but i'm there if you want
1: <laughs> say hello yeah um i uh i and a lot my reddit account where i posted the original stories is is Perfect. a great place to dm me and i i check it fairly often I've that's good to about,
0: know i a bunch
1: of cool people through there
0: That's awesome. Yeah, um, readers today love being able to connect with their authors and especially coming from a space like Reddit. Good to know that, of course, you're still on there. You still have posts in the works and, you know, people can DM you there. Well, awesome. Before we wrap up, anything else you'd like listeners to take away from old country?
2: I just hope it uh, scares you and keeps you up at night and maybe makes you uh, think a little more fondly of the person sleeping next to you yeah i like i said i think
1: i hope that it's thought-provoking and gets people spooked and thinking about thinking about deeper meanings and nature Mm -hmm. but again i i really do think there's a a great art in the the compelling page turner and so i hope i hope that's how it's received
0: well matt and harrison thank you both so much for taking the time to join me today and for sharing all about all of your upcoming projects we're super excited to have you and uh Good luck! I'll be I'll be looking forward to everyone's responses once they start reading it, and uh, of course, once we can all uh, watch. And then, of course, listeners, as always, happy reading.
1: Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerd is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit EvergreenPodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly, and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com.
2: I'm Alison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast.